You are listening to Forensic Finance, a podcast exploring if and how banks can help solve urgent global issues. Forensic Finance is made by T&W and ABN AMRO and hosted by me, Callum Booth. Worldwide, human trafficking is a huge problem. What we know is that from 2014, some 40.3 million people, men, women, uh, girls and boys, are trafficked on a global scale. It's a problem that's hiding in plain sight, probably near you. Since I've been doing this uh, project, I've noticed that I think twice before I go to a nail salon to get my nails done. You might not know about it, but many people who are trafficked might not know they're a victim either. Before, I don't know that I'm a victim of human trafficking. I don't know. A solution to this enormous problem might be coming from an unexpected source. Banks. If this model would indeed be used on an international level, we'd be solving the problem of a 150 billion US dollar industry. My name is Jill Goster van Voorhout. I'm a sociologist and a lawyer. I work in the criminal law department at the University of Amsterdam. We have developed a search strategy that tries to detect human trafficking in bank data before those victims are known to law enforcement or any other person. According to Jill, more than 40 million people have been trafficked worldwide since 2014. 24.9 million um, of those victims are in the labour exploitation sphere, so outside of sex trafficking. While many victims of human trafficking do end up being sexually exploited, a far larger number end up in labour exploitation situations, which include sectors like agriculture, horticulture, construction tourism and restaurants. So I asked a police investigator to please give me a tour of my hometown, Utrecht, and to go to all of the places in which they had identified human trafficking. So that could be just a a sort of a cafeteria or a Chinese restaurant or a, a factory building. And he took me on a tour to show where they found instances in my own neighborhood. Um, Sometimes even sort of two houses uh, next to mine. Many things we see day to day we might not recognize as something illegal. These people are being used by criminals to work in unacceptable circumstances for low or no pay, or for much longer hours than the law allows. You might not recognize some of these malicious practices, but even worse, the victims themselves often don't know they're being exploited at all. There are many reasons why victims don't identify themselves as victims and why we might not find instances of human trafficking where victims are victimized by perpetrators. For instance, they may not be allowed contact with the outside world. They may also be paid far more than what they'd earn at home, even though it's much less than that country's standard. I would say that one solution to that would be to identify victims who might not self-identify as victims through finding them through financial exploitation. Cora, 
who's 66 now, moved to the Netherlands from the Philippines. With seven kids and an unemployed husband, the only solution Cora saw was to leave her family and accept a housekeeping job in the Dutch town of Vassana, working for the Saudi Arabian ambassador and his family. Before, I don't know that I'm a victim of human trafficking. I don't know. But uh, because I know it's only those working in, in the prostitute that is only from human trafficking. They are victims of human trafficking. I came here in 2003. 2004, my son came here. And then 2004, on December, my daughter came. So it's so nice that we are all together. We work together, and then um, the salary of my, my son is $300. The salary of my daughter is $200. So 18 hours a day, seven days a week, we work for that. If you combine together, it's a big money for us to help our family. So we just, we just work, 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 work. After a few years, the excessive working hours took a real toll on Cora, and even more so on her kids. And then later on, my daughter said, Mama, I feel crazy. Because we are working so hard, wake up in the morning, early morning, and then we finish in the evening, and then sleep. Supposed to be we had to take a rest, but we couldn't take a rest. How can we take a rest? Every time, if they need us, we have to go down. So if we want to sleep, we cannot sleep because they will get angry. Cora is not allowed to leave the house, which is guarded by security, except when she's taking her employer's kids to school in which instances the driver is watching her closely. But she and her family do manage to get in touch with the outside world through a housekeeper who works at the neighboring home. Slowly, an escape plan forms in Cora's mind. Then the plan is we need to escape on July uh, 5th. We did that because we need the salary of June so they can send it in the Philippines. Cora's tragic story poses the question, how did we let this happen right under our noses? Why didn't the teachers at school see the signals? Were there no other staff members who could help? According to Jill, we need to do a better job in recognizing and reporting cases of modern slavery. And for that, we might need the help of technology and banks. The financial sector has many ways in which they're um, confronted with a crime like human trafficking. We started to think about one aspect of that, and that is to detect in bank data human trafficking victims that we otherwise wouldn't even have found. So, Jill wanted to analyse bank data to discover cases of human trafficking. She just didn't have access yet until Dutch bank ABN AMRO approached her. Make a difference with your skills in IT. At ABN AMRO, your talent and creativity will help reinvent the future of finance. 
Find out what it's like to work for ABN AMRO at abnamro.com forward slash vacancies. Well, as a bank, we have the corporate responsibility to uh, make sure that our clients are protected and that human rights are protected. As a bank, we provide products and services to over 5 million people all over the world. So I think it is imperative that we look at all of our activities from a human rights perspective. My name is Raila Abbas, and I work as an intelligence specialist at the Security and Integrity Management of ABN AMRO. As an intelligence specialist, Ryla writes up reports on risks that the bank might have to deal with. But, on the side, she's now working with bank data to help identify possible victims of the human trafficking for labour exploitation. Ryla is the person who actually applies the model Jill came up with and does the investigative legwork to help identify victims. Jill kicks off how the model works. I tried to think about the ways in which a human trafficker would operate, what types of modi operandi a human trafficker would use uh, in order to actually pretend to be that type of human trafficker and see how I would conduct my operation. The easy thing to do is actually to think about it as a normal business model um, or a network organization. We started with a public-private partnership with law enforcement and ABN Amro Bank in June 2015. The reason was that we knew that neither the public sector nor the private sector would have sufficient information to do so on their own. So they needed to partner up. Uh, we then started to think about what is it uh, that a bank could do if it has the right information to detect human trafficking victims in their data. A whole bunch, apparently. Jill identifies a couple dozen indicators of human trafficking, which she combines in one search query that runs on bank data. Some of these are financial, like an account where the full salary is always withdrawn right after it's deposited. Others are contextual, such as several people in the same age group living at the same address. Well, for example, if the data model has flagged, let's say, 20 clients of uh, Polish descent, so if they're from a Polish nationality, and if I find that they all have the same employer, let's say a massage parlor. Ryla then checks if the massage parlor has any suspicious activity, like transactions after closing time. On a regular basis, then that for me would be an indicator of uh, perhaps that these employees have to work long hours. And especially if, for instance, the owner of the massage parlor has done anything criminal involving exploitation before. Then she'd check for other things, like if employees are all registered at the same address or if they withdrew their entire salary right after being paid. That for me is a lot of indicators. Currently, the model uses 26 indicators, of which Jill and Ryla can only disclose a few. I'm not going to discuss more indicators uh, because we wouldn't want to tip off human traffickers who, by getting this information, would actually have quite valuable information uh, in their possession to prevent our detection. Uh, so we want to make sure that we do explain, of course, what we're doing. The indicators seem to be working too. We have had instances where all 26 indicators were uh, indeed red flags and uh, all collectively it was uh, a sign of uh, an allegation of human trafficking. 
And those resulted in the two investigations. Um, so the nice thing of knowing that this works is also the separate check by the Financial Intelligence Unit. The Financial Intelligence Unit is the Dutch Financial Crime Authority, which checks if Ryla's findings are actually crimes and, if so, prosecutable. In other words, the bank itself doesn't decide if something is criminal or not. I report my um, unusual activity reports related to money laundering or terrorist financing to the FIU. Um, they have the sole mandate to declare any reportings as suspicious or not, and they can check any uh, subjects that I have mentioned um, in their own database to see if there are any ongoing investigations or not. So it's not completely up to us, of course. We've had another organization look into those allegations and validate that what we consider to be an important suspicion of such a crime was indeed seen as such when then checked by a completely independent organization. The model seems to be turning up solid results. We found um, 70 bank account holders that were related to those suspicious transactions. So this was as of, um, let's say, June 2016 until uh, February of 2019, resulting in two criminal investigations, one of them on a case that we didn't even know existed. I'm very, very happy to be part of this project because proactively researching um, financial fingerprints of labor exploitation could actually help preventing the the crime, but also in the prosecution and protection of the victims, because at the moment a lot of uh, court cases are based on victim testimonies and they are mostly heavily subjected to witness harassment. Um, by providing some form of hard financial data, um, well, that you cannot intimidate. Um, you cannot intimidate financial evidence. Back to Cora and her escape. With the help of a compatriot who works at the neighboring house, Cora is able to mobilize the Dutch Filipino community to help her and her children escape. Her son, a mechanic, has disabled the security gate, and when they finally leave the premises, their friends on the outside have arranged for a taxi to pick them up. We ride the taxi at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I said, oh my God. We look like a birds that fly freely. And so I'm so very happy. And then I give the man, it's only 20 euro, but I give the man, okay, this is 25. The five euro is cheap for you because I'm really happy. Today, Cora and her son and daughter live and work in the Netherlands legally. Cora is an ambassador for Fair Work, a non-profit organization fighting labor exploitation. She offers support and advice to other victims of human trafficking. I tried to talk to people that I think maybe you know somebody. Okay, no, 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 because they are afraid. No, 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 uh, maybe you know somebody. If you are not, maybe you know somebody, then we can help each other. Cases like Cora's could be detected with the model Jill and Ryla are currently using. 
their project was the first in the world that used bank data for the purpose of finding victims of human trafficking for labour exploitations. But other banks have expressed their interest in the model. Jill is optimistic about the future. If you'd use that financial information to prevent human trafficking from occurring altogether, because you can disrupt human traffickers' practices and you can make sure that they can't even get to exploit victims, that is sort of the potential that financial information and financial evidence has. But just because the banks are now stepping up doesn't mean you, the nail salon visitor, the maid employer, the casual passerby, are off the hook. Don't ignore the signals. Report suspicious situations, anonymously if you want, but take responsibility. It's a disgrace that something like this happens in a civilised country. We should all be offended by it. Uh, and so we should try and see if we can all be a part of the solution rather than the problem. This was the first episode of Forensic Finance, a podcast by TNW and ABN AMRO, exploring if and how banks can help solve urgent global issues. We'd like to thank Cora, Jill, Ryla, and Fairwork for sharing their stories. Subscribe for more episodes on your favorite podcast app. I've been Callum Booth. Thank you for listening. Thank you.